Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Michael Matsuda, the superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. We're a district of over 30,000 students and their families across five cities, very diverse. And um, our, we've been having a wonderful conversation with some very amazing people over the last few weeks about the future, the future which has radically changed because of COVID-19. And uh, we are really concerned about what that world's gonna look like for young people. Increasingly, there's gonna be challenges with jobs and the economy and access to things like healthcare and you know, all these environmental problems too. And so what does this all mean for, for young people? And how can we um, maybe develop a, a new blueprint for them in terms of uh, this thing called success? So I can't be prouder of a, a recent graduate of the Anaheim Union High School District, Mr. Sean Patel, who's a graduate of Oxford Academy, who is now a sophomore at Berkeley in electrical engineering and computer science, which is an, it's a rapidly morphing area. As many of our listeners know that computer science is really generating a lot of the artificial intelligence and a lot of the innovation that's coming out of America, especially from places like the Silicon Valley with Berkeley and Stanford up there. Sean is a region scholar too, which is only goes to 2% of the applicants at, at Berkeley. So really, and you're gonna find out why. So he's really uh, has that fifth C, very humble young man, but also just uh, amazing inventor and uh, has in fact been a uh, recipient of the Congressional App Challenge was a national contest and he uh, took first place in that. He's also been uh, took first place in the Apple Developers Conference, and um, which, you know, uh, for another app uh, that he created. And he has been, had all kinds of accolades across the state and country and uh, in these types of new innovations, primarily through apps, but you're going to find out uh, a lot of other things too. Sean is all about creating a better place, a better world, a better society through many of the things that he's creating. And he does have a lot to say about that in terms of the purpose of education. So without further ado, I want to introduce Mr. Sean Patel. Say hi to everybody. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, so Sean is uh, from India, and his uh, parents both worked for uh, Boeing and um, uh, aerospace engineering. And uh, so let's let's uh, get, get right to it, Sean. Um, uh, starting at, I think, in the, in the ninth grade, you, um, I mean, let me let me just ask you, like, what what made you become like this? You know, this having this thirst for knowledge and wanting to invent things to help uh, address some of these problems. I mean, what from an early age, it seems like you, you there's something in you that you know spurred you to um, create these things. What do you think that was? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of two things. One, it's my curiosity to explore things I don't know. Uh, and I think that was very true when I was young. Uh, my dad used to always like build things around. He was an electrical engineer, so he used to build things around the house and like tinker with a lot of things. So I would follow him, shadow him kind of in my own way and like figure out how to do all these things. Um, and then when I was 13, I got a membership for Apple's uh, Apple developer membership to develop apps. And so from there, I was sort of motivated to learn how to 
code and take use of that membership so I can publish my own apps on the App Store. And then in terms of applying that in a way that is useful for the community, I think that's a majority of that is from mentorship uh, throughout high school. Uh, I was in a pathway. Mr. Klenka from Oxford was a super, uh, really awesome mentor for me. Um, and he just inspired me to figure out how to use these uh, technologies in a way that would impact uh, society at a larger scale. No, no, Oxford's a great place. It's got some great teachers and great courses. But you had just mentioned, just for our audience's sake, that that uh, he, he's an ROP teacher, right? And this is a, a lot of this stuff happened actually after after school, right, in terms of this club. And I think it's an important uh, piece for people to um, understand, especially our parents and students and our educators, that we are promoting innovation and entrepreneurship across the district. And in partnerships like ROP, it gives access uh, to the creation, right, which is kind of outside the box because most, most uh, students and Teachers might think of Oxford as a place you're going to get a lot of AP courses, which you do, but this was an ROP course. And um, again, um, Sean, you want to talk a little bit more about maybe the differences? Yeah, sure. So I think the differences are a lot more prominent once I started attending college, because I think the rate at which you, especially in in, uh, engineering disciplines, the information and the rate at which you learn it sort of transcends what is capable at a high school level. So I think the role of high school is sort of as a way of exploring different fields uh, to go in these pathways and not just even limited to like medicine or engineering, but also humanities and design and like a wide variety of things. And to like truly figure out uh, what you want to enjoy, what you like doing, what you want to do in the future, what you think you'll enjoy in college. And I think that will save you a lot of time in college and a lot of money going along with that. And so I think that's where the distinction between AP classes and the pathways come in where that the AP classes are great, but even at the AP level, they still don't match what knowledge you need in order to become an engineer uh, and get a degree, right? And so I think the pathway is sort of that stepping stone that actually gives you real life uh, skills and also real life content that you'll be able to apply in the future. Uh, plus, you're you're learning a lot of the five C's, the soft skills, right? Because I noticed that in these clubs, you're working in teams, so there's a lot of communication, creativity, critical thinking, all of that, right, that's going on. And you may not get that in a traditional school or traditional setting, whereas I think that uh, definitely with these ROP and these other um, activities you were involved with, you, you got a lot of that. So let's talk about some of that. In your freshman year, you uh, started uh, to really um, not only uh, to, to, to really apply yourself. So what was, what was that, the first big thing that you – sort of invented in the app world? Yeah, so in ninth grade, this was after a presentation I had in health that had to do with skin cancer and about sun safety and tips like that. Uh, uh, After hearing about that presentation, especially being in Southern California where skin cancer is pretty prevalent due to the weather conditions, uh, I was just inspired to figure out a way to use uh, technology. At the time, I wasn't fluent in any sort of programming language or I wasn't fluent in developing apps, but I sort of took it upon myself to use that as a challenge to you know, figure out how to take uh, the knowledge and what I learned in that presentation and apply it to build something that could be helpful. So, so this app actually like would read your uh, skin, like skin tags or you know precancerous, right? And with a certain percentage, be able to kind of identify maybe this could be cancerous, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so there is an open source uh, data set that's still online used by a bunch of researchers at universities called the International Skin Imaging Collaboration Data Set. And it was labeled pictures of skin cancer, uh, moles that were malignant, moles that were benign. And so I essentially just trained it, put in a mobile model uh, as a machine learning model and then put that into the app. That's awesome. And in the 10th grade, you, um, a friend of yours went to India and sort of was complaining about the air there. And could we elaborate on that one? Yeah, so my friend in 10th grade, uh, Canoe, he went to India during winter break. And when he came back, he had asthma. And so uh, he was also my partner for the medical innovations event uh, uh, for HOSA. And so we took that challenge upon ourselves to figure out a way to uh, alert people when they're in an area of hazardous air quality so they know when their asthmatic symptoms may trigger. And so uh, that, that was sort of the inspiration for that. And then we built Breed Safe, which did exactly that. Uh, it was an air sensor uh, that detected different hazardous pollutants like carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, uh, different um, ammonias and whatnot, natural gases that were in the air. Uh, and it connected to an app. And then based on the information, we could alert people when they were in an area of hazardous air quality. And, and what contest did that one win? Yeah, so that we entered that in the HOSA contest, medical innovations at both the California and international level. And California, we got first, and then international, we got third place. Wow. And what about, what, did you enter the UV safe one in, in any contest? Yeah, so that one was also at HOSA. Uh, that was in ninth grade. That was just third at state, and then we didn't go to. No, that was just third in the state. Well, that's, that's too bad. It's too bad. <laughs> so, and, but you know, in, um, in your junior year, though, you did have suffer some personal tragedy. Your father passed away, and you spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, and you know, with with your father, and, and and as many of us have been in the hospital, and you're oftentimes you're left in the cold of, of in, in in terms of interacting with health professionals, especially the doctors. The doctor, you're lucky to have maybe five minutes with the doctor um, uh, during the day. And there's a lot of information, a lot of questions that you have. So help us uh, um, lead, lead us through that one because that did spur you into inventing something that was pretty, I think that was incredible. But uh, share that story a little bit with us. Yeah, so my father was diagnosed with cancer and when he was, when he was in the hospital for quite a bit of the time, uh, just can't, like the drugs that you take with chemotherapy just naturally make you weak. And so because of that, uh, he basically required someone with him all the time inside his hospital room. And uh, like the nurse and doctor, of course, doctors aren't able to provide that, but even nurses aren't able to because nurses are assigned to five or seven patients and they just can't give you that FaceTime, that one-on-one -on -one that you need. And so uh, and so our family was with them all the time. Uh, someone from our family was with them uh, day and night. We, like, we would sleep inside the room with him. And so I think um, uh, during that time, it kind of made a realization of how there's like this missing link in terms of information that is uh, presented to the patients and also their family and, and to nurses, especially in the hospital setting. And so that was the inspiration behind Cosmo, uh, which is essentially you can think of it as Alexa for the patient room. Uh, and so it'd be this communication bridge between uh, patients and nurses. And at the time, I was also volunteering at a hospital as sort of like the receptionist where I would take calls from patients and relay them to nurses and uh, PCTs. And so 
I think, and so the inspiration for that was to make Cosmo this communication link where it would be that Alexa device in your room, the patient could talk to it, uh, ask for information, anything they wanted to know about their recent uh, medical records or any testing that they've done, and also get, uh, send any requests that they want to their nurses and I'll sort of manage that request so that it'll go to the appropriate nurse or PCT that's available. Yeah, I, I'm, I've personally seen all of these uh, inventions that uh, Sean's talking about, and um, that one was that one's pretty amazing, really uh, incredible, Sean, how you're able to conceptualize this and actually create a working model of these ideas. Um, and and what about that in terms of your contest, and uh, how did that one do? Oh yeah, that was the best performing. It was first at both. We were really proud that year. Yeah, yeah, well. We were too, because you know you make the district look pretty good as well. <laughs> um, so, and then your senior year, you you also you made something totally different, but really cool. And uh, could you uh, share uh, what was the inspiration for that idea? Yeah. So this was in response to the fires up north in 2018, uh, more prominently Camp Fire that destroyed the entire city of Paradise. Um, and so during that time, a lot of people don't think about what happens after the fire is sort of uh, uh, controlled by the firefighters. There's a lot of, or not ideally not a lot, but there are a few uh, people that may be like left inside the wildfire that we don't know about. And it becomes really difficult to find them. And the traditional ways are, uh, at the time when we looked at this, the traditional ways were literally just walking or driving around or using a helicopter. The first being super uh, just impractical, like there's no way you can span that much uh, acreage in a car. Uh, and the second being really expensive. And so we sort of thought uh, to figure out a way to bring in like a middle device. And, and our conception of that was a drone. And so this drone had a phone attached to it and it would run computer vision and a thermal sensor that was attached to the phone. Uh, and it would be able to use thermal to see if there's a, like a heat signature on the floor and also computer vision to detect a uh, presence of a human. Uh, and so both of those sensors combined and then with the various sensors on a phone like GPS, we get the coordinates of where that person was located and then send it back to a receiving phone on the other end of where it was, of where the person was. Yeah. Plus it looks really neat too. <laughs> That's about all I can say. Cause I was blown away when I saw that uh, working prototype of, uh, you know, I was on a mountain on a drone and uh, it, it just pretty, pretty uh, incredible. And how did that one do nationally? Uh, so we got first in California, but unfortunately we didn't place nationally that year. Oh, you didn't press, unfortunately, unfortunately. So, and then after you, uh, uh, I think in the summer, you, uh, maybe of your senior year, is that when you had the internship at uh, Taco Bell? Was yeah. Yeah. So that was summer of senior year. Uh, that year I won the Taco Bell Live Moss scholarship um, for entrepreneurship. Uh, and then during the summer, they extended me an offer to intern at their headquarters in Irvine. Uh, and so during that time, I worked on building something that's actually quite relevant to today. Uh, I worked on building a thermal sensor uh, equipped to a prototype back of the house system for checking in employees, and it would be used to figure out if they have an illness when they come to the store. Wow. And and here you are at Berkeley now, and you're with another company called Novid. Can you, and I think that one is uh, totally relevant right now. Can you share a little bit about what you're doing with Novid? Yeah, so Novid's really interesting. Um, uh, when I ended my previous internship over the summer, I came in contact with a researcher or a professor at Carnegie Mellon, Po Shen Lo, uh, a brilliant mathematician. And in April, he uh, 
created an app that is specifically used for COVID for contact tracing. Uh, it's quantitatively the best contact tracing solution because we use ultrasound to detect distances. Uh, Bluetooth doesn't work quite as well in confined spaces. And the second thing is we've developed a early warning network so we can figure out uh, where COVID is in your network. So for example, if uh, there's someone that's three degrees away from you uh, in terms of a connection and they get COVID, you'll see that pop up on a chart. So you can see the COVID uh, as it approaches you in terms of the people that you connected with, you can sort of bunker down and be more uh, cautious and ultimately not get the disease or, or the virus um, uh, before it comes to you. And so that's been uh, super fun working on it and uh, pushing it out to different schools across the world. So, so for our listeners to help them understand, I know that um, Poet uses an analogy to a hurricane. Could you could you share that analogy? Yeah. So with so the analogy of a hurricane compared to an earthquake. So hurricanes primarily on the east coast, but uh, with a hurricane, you're given a warning like a couple days, maybe a week in advance of when it might occur. And that's pretty sufficient warning to evacuate the area and just take all your belongings. And so that's what Novid does with COVID uh, because we are able to tell you like days before uh, that COVID might be approaching your peripheral connections that you need to be more careful and uh, stay isolated or stay in your home uh, than you were previous, than you might've been previously uh, compared to like current contact tracing methods. Uh, they just tell you, when you've been in contact with someone in the first degree connection, so that's the earthquake, you're warned when someone that you've been might be meeting every day has COVID and that's just super unhelpful. Yeah, I, I think he, that's a great analogy to understand um, the utility um, of this uh, new app. So, you know, in the closing minutes that we have, Sean, you and I have had conversations about sort of the purpose of education. And there's a lot of young people that want to get into artificial intelligence, computer science, because they know they can make a lot of money, right? That's a very desirable field right now. How would you uh, respond to a young person that says, I want to I want to get into that field and make a lot of money? Uh, well, I think uh, that that's definitely, I think off the top of the bat, that's just not the right idea, especially just not in computer science. I think in any engineering discipline, making a lot of money is not why you go into engineering. Engineering is is what allows you to build different things, allows you to work on things like Nova that are solving active problems. And uh, they don't necessarily lead to a lot of money right off the bat. Uh, and they might not ever lead to a lot, of, a lot of money, but what you're able to get is the satisfaction of creating a product that's able to help a lot of people uh, in a solution that is only solvable through engineering methods. And I think that's just super powerful. And that alone should be enough inspiration to take upon that journey, uh, let alone any monetary incentives that you might get. You know, I think that's an important life lesson and, and in terms of, and it's good advice, right, for young people to really find their purpose and mission in life. And hopefully, you know, and it's, it's of course, you know, you want to get into a field where you're going to be able to make enough money to, uh, you know, to enjoy whatever you uh, makes you happy. But um, that should not be the primary reason for any, like you say, for any of your uh, career choices. And, um, you know, I'm so impressed with you, uh, Sean. I really, we're, we're very appreciative of your time. We know that as you get older, you just get more and more busy. But I was sharing with you early over at Oxford Academy, you know, because all of these accolades that you've won, a lot of young people do look up to you. And one of the first things someone said is that, oh, yeah, I know Sean. Um, he was here on the weekend and he was helping to move a bunch of rocks, right? Because there's some new garden that they're making. But, you know, here's someone. Sean, that already, I mean, you, you, you have shown through your actions that this fifth C, this compassion for others and caring about the community and giving back is something that 
really is part of your purpose. So um, we are we're we're just really grateful and thankful that you have uh, carved out some of your your time in the last minute or so. Is there any other closing words to our young people? Yeah, I think especially in high school, uh, I say the primary advice I have is that when you get into college, uh, you're going to be self-teaching yourself everything. Don't rely on just what is available in the classroom to teach yourself stuff. Uh, there's always other things, other things that you might be interested. Google and YouTube are great uh, are tools to help you learn anything you want. Uh, take the initiative, learn whatever you want, uh, figure out what you want to do before you get to college. That'll be super helpful when you're there and you can just totally uh, ace your classes, uh, do what you want to do, be part of a bunch of fun clubs and startups if you're into that. Uh, and just do like what you love to do and that'll be uh, just a great stepping stone to build a really, not just successful career, but a fun career and something that's really worthwhile uh, to the greater community at large. That's awesome. Well, we're so proud of you at AUHSD, Sean, and we will continue to watch your journey. Thank you again. Awesome, thanks.